How are we all doing? Good? Good, I'm good. I get to uh, preach this message um, and here in Handorf this morning in our series. As uh, Anna alluded to, we're in the middle of a Bible project, Bible reading program for the whole year as a church together and built around the theme, let them hear. Um, if you have ears, then hear what the Spirit is saying. There's possible to actually hear a convers- listen to a conversation and not hear it. It's, it's possible to be given information and actually not let it change our lives. It's a, it's a case of hearing it in the sense of, I hear you and it's affecting me, is probably more the point of that sort of language. And so this a topic this morning is, uh, in the month of September, choose to enter his kingdom. You and I choose You're here this morning because you chose to come. You're watching online because you chose to tune in on YouTube and you actually made a choice. You chose what clothes to wear. You chose whether you're going to have a coffee before church, at home. chose whether you eat breakfast or not. I don't eat breakfast on Sundays because I like preaching on an empty stomach. Um, Just to let you into that little bit of my my world. But it's a choice. It's, It's not magic. It's not super spiritual. It's just a choice. I don't like standing up here with my stomach rumbling with breakfast going down through the system. So I'd rather be up here just hmm, comfortable. And, and so that's just a choice. But I, I don't know what you've chosen thus far, but the invitation in today's message is really to choose to enter his kingdom and then to allow him to put his fire on you because his presence is in you. I want to talk to you about one of my favourite subjects besides being a Christ follower. I have a reputation in my family of being a pyromaniac. (laughs) So I'm talking about something I'm really passionate about. I'm not talking about setting fire to the countryside and burning a bushfire or a wildfire. I'm not an arsonist pyromaniac. I just love fires. Julie will testify, if we go to a restaurant or a hotel or somewhere where there's an open fire and we happen to sit next to it, sometimes the staff will ask, would you mind looking after the fire for us? It's like, you're asking the right guy. Just show me where the wood pile is, show me where the tools are, and I'll look after your fire. And I have been known to do that uninvited. And so you you kind of get a little bit of a stare sometimes, or even a little tap, would you mind leaving our fire alone? It's like, they're probably, maybe they're not insured properly for some maniac like me, they just don't know. But anyway, I'm passionate about the fire, but I want to read to you from the scripture first, and we're going to unpack this. I've got um, seven things you need. If you're a pyromaniac, okay, and this is going to, this is going to, uh, this is an analogy, and bear with me, it's going to have, I hope, a whole lot of help for you to get a hold of what God gets up to when it comes to you and me carrying His presence into the world in which we live. So, number one, we're in Acts chapter five, starting at verse twelve. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people. I don't know about you. But that inspires me to lift the bar a little bit in my life. It inspires me to go, that's not a whole lot of my track record through 64 years of life, that there's a trail of miracles behind my life. But the Bible is pretty straightforward here. They perform signs and wonders amongst the people. All the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade uh, say, meet together. It's a very important part of the Acts story, meeting together. Paul didn't just wander off and preach the gospel on the street and then just, he actually started churches. 
He actually got people to gather. He went to the synagogues in the first place to try and get the Jews over the line, but they rejected mostly uh, the stuck ones, rejected the gospel. They rejected Jesus Christ as being possibly the Messiah, but thousands of people believed. And Paul's mission wasn't to get them to just believe, but was to get them to gather together. And if you understand what I'm going to say to you about being a pyromaniac this morning, you've got to understand the way to stay on fire is to actually gather together. We're not talking about a wildfire, even though that's the title that the Bible Project gave this particular topic this week. I've noticed that we live in a bushfire area. When a bushfire burns through, it goes through and raises everything and leaves a trail of destruction behind which is, um, some of you here this morning have suffered the consequences of that in very extreme forms. God's fire is not that kind of fire. God's fire is a permanent residing fire that is, is not about taking the place out because what's actually burning is his oil in your life. It's not like you're meant to be a wick with no oil on and you, get bur- you burn a candle with, or get a wick that's gone dry. The wick itself burns. You've heard those stories before. The trick is to get the wick wet with oil. And I want to talk about wet wood in a minute. So, oh, this, oh, this message is so good. I'm loving it already. I don't know, I'm enthusiastic about it. No one else dared join them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. Isn't that weird? People were afraid to go and hear them, but people were getting added anyway. You know, what's going on there? I'd say the fire of God's presence. There was something going on um, with the apostles and those who were gathering that was infectious, that had an ability to draw people in. So as a result, people brought sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. It's like, well, my shadow's passed over a few of you and I'm not aware that it's done a diddly. It's like, like I said, I'm inspired to lift the bar. I'm hoping this message will inspire you to lift the bar of expectation, to lift the bar of um, presentation of the gospel, to lift the bar of the indwelling presence of God. Whatever that looks like this morning, I've got to tell you there's more. I'm going to tell you there's more of his presence to be had, but there's some tricks. And and I don't mean tricks as in deceptive tricks. There are some keys that are in this analogy around building fires that has got a lot to do with how God rolls through us. So um, crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented, tormented with evil impure spirits, and all of them were healed. What a great picture of church. People just being wheeled in with all kinds of sickness and disease and walking out the door completely set free. That's how our church rolls, baby, right? Well, it has on occasions. We've seen some incredible miracles in this church alongside some incredibly challenging, in our view, lack of answer of prayer. Like, what's that about? Well, it's about a lot of things. God's sovereign is a kind of can sound like a cop-eight answer, but bear with me. What, what I want us to get this morning is I believe there is room for improvement. There's room for us to actually take on board more of what God wants us to have than we can ever ask for or imagine. 
In other words, his dreams for you and for us collectively here, collectively at Parkside, collectively at Henley Beach in our, respons- in our area of responsibility, he's got way bigger dreams and expectations and desires for us than we are able to grasp. So is it possible that in preaching a message like this, is it possible if you've been here for many years and you think, well, I'm just hearing the same old, same old in some respects week in, week out, is it possible that God can deposit something in your heart this morning that brings new life to your world? I want to say to you it is possible. And in fact, not only is it possible, that's what he wants. He wants you on fire. He wants you to embrace his big picture of your life. Peter was a fisherman, for goodness sake. And in this story, his shadow, because he actually met Jesus, because he got filled with the Holy Spirit, and because he's carrying the fire of God's presence in him, which is a different thing again, he was able to, just by being within proximity of somebody, people want to say, you know, the suspicious old world, the ancient world back then that didn't understand what shadows were. It's like, yes, they do. They knew that the shadow was from the sun, but there was a, an affiliation that it belonged to the person. And so it's, it's really a statement about proximity, about Peter's proximity, kind of like there was an extension of him on the ground, which we know is not true. It's just a lack of sunlight on the ground. But, the, but it's not trying to defy the science by making that statement. It's basically a statement of he was so on fire for God, he just walked past someone who was sick and they got healed. I don't know about you, but I, that's not my experience. I remember standing alongside a colleague once when we first started the church, we went up to a conference in Queensland and this friend of ours met us at the airport and at that stage in my journey, I was kind of in awe, not the, yeah, well I was, I was enamoured by just how close to God this friend of ours seemed to me to be. And I remember when he walked up to us at the baggage carousel to meet us at the airport, I started feeling weird. Thinking, what is that? And I'm aware that, I became aware that the presence of God on him wasn't a shadow, it was just he was carrying the presence of God. And it's like, ooh, that's nice. You ever got into the presence of somebody and you go, wow, all of a sudden my problems don't feel so overwhelming. They haven't even spoken to me. They're just standing sort of near me. It's like, I don't know about you, but I want. I want to be used by God to that extent rather than having to ram a particular opinion with words down someone's throat or get into a dispute about this or a discussion about that. Why not just turn up with the presence of God? Why not be on fire for him? And I want to tell you, he wants you on fire. Nobody in this room that I can look at Uh, can say back to me, I'm not good enough. You might feel you're not, but that's not the deal. He's good enough. It's his character. It's his nature. It's his goodness in the world that puts you in the firing line to be the person he can use. Not because you're a good person or you don't swear or you don't do this or you don't do that. It's like if you want to disqualify yourself because of those little secret sins you've got, go ahead and disqualify yourself. But I'd say stop it. Stop doing that. Turn your attention to the goodness of God. That's not to say just do what you like and you know have a few moments of prayer and go to confession and, and pretend you're okay. It's like you've got to deal with your known shortcomings, honestly, before God. But sometimes I've noticed I kind of can just wander through a week feeling, well, I think God's angry with me. 
I haven't heard too much from the Holy Spirit this week. It's like, maybe I'm, oh yeah, it's like, oh, am I good enough? Is God really happy with me? Does anyone have those conversations or just me? It's because at the end of the day, I've got to stop that. He's good. Jesus died on the cross so that God could look at me and smile and go, there's my boy. If you're a girl, there's my girl. That's my kid. Oh man, Bruce, what are you doing? I've got all this stuff for you to have and you're still stuffing around with the wrong stuff. Lots of stuff's in that sentence. So here we go. Let me talk about fire because this is where it gets interesting. Um, So I'm the one who loves to light and tend a fire, campfire, fire pit, barbecue, combustion heater, you name it, I'm into it. Okay, one thing I've noticed about all those sorts of fire occasions, you need fuel. One of the, uh, I tried to light my slow combustion heater yesterday outside, it's outside under my veranda and um, it was blowing a gale so even when I did get lit it was completely useless um, because it's not enclosed but that's another story. But I opened up the door and stuck a few fire starters, say fire starters. Okay, fire starters. Something that really catches fire easily. What's the fire starter in your life? I would want to suggest a couple of things. One, this, worship. Singing worship songs is like having a little brick of fire lighter in the bottom of your fire pit or your slow combustion heater. But even with a a little fire starter, worship, in our case perhaps, or a private devotional time, what's your fire starter? Have you got any? I find it really frustrating lighting a fire with newspaper, but you can do that. But a fire starter, newspaper, you name it, but what do you actually then need? A match, well, yeah, or a cigarette lighter. Not that I've got any of those, but a, a little gas lighter thing, maybe. You've got to have a fire. You've actually got to have, no, you've got to actually have something that's actually capable of igniting. Like, what's that? What's the analogy there? What, what's that, that spark? I reckon, I reckon, well, let me just read this. Down in... Um, didn't give you this one, uh, Jake. Um, in Leviticus chapter 6, this was the last minute edition as we were singing worship songs, the fire on the altar must be kept burning. It must never go out. Every morning the priest is to add firewood and arrange the burnt offering on the fire and burn the fat of the fellowship offerings on it. I knew I, I could have been an Old Testament priest, right? The fire must be kept burning on the altar continuously. It must not go out. Now you could get all kind of spiritual about that in some respects and it would be appropriate to do that. But you've got to remember, they didn't have redhead matches back in those days. They didn't have gas lighters. Fire in the ancient world was something that you carried from one place to the next so you could keep the fire going. It was a bit like yeast. Yeast was chucked out once a year, but the yeast culture was taken from place to place to place and added to the next batch of flour to continue the process. The fire, there's a spark. I would want to say to you, the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you became a redhead match. And in the sense, and you were actually struck. There was this fire. A little 
fire starting moment in your life. But that's not where God wants you to stay. He doesn't want you to be just a little match that burns and burns out. My matches at my place get put to good use. They light a fire starter. And that's got fuel in it. It's got oil in it. It's a, it's a kerosene-based, some paraffin-based. I don't know what it is, but it burns. And uh, I tried something new from Bunnings the other day. They were selling guaranteed, ecologically sound fire-starting sticks that are allegedly the, the pine trees left in plantation pine forests are left there to just co- coalesce for a little while and then they cut the, the, the little stump off and then it's filled with pine oil and it's split and you just light them and they're like, presto, they're like a little candle and they just burn like, don't need a fire lighter anymore. <laughs> uh, I should write a review. Not true. Once the fire's going, they burn pretty well, but no, I I went back to my little fire blocks. Anyway, I digress. The fire, you need something to start it. So when you give your heart to Jesus, you've got the fire started. But starting the fire is not the same as tending to it and adding to it. And this is the bit I like. So you need fuel, preferably seasoned and dried. Have you ever tried to throw a big log of wet timber onto a fire? Anybody? It's not popular. In fact, it's, it's actually... You can't, you're not even supposed to buy wet firewood in the Adelaide Hills anymore because it creates a lot of environmental like, air pollution. It's, it's just horrible to burn, smoky, unreliable, prone to going out, right? Yep. So it needs to be seasoned dry timber. That got me thinking, am I seasoned? Like if I was going to be thrown into the fire to actually become hotter to actually burn brighter than just a single little match or a single little thing, it's like seasoned. What pressure have you been under and regretted or resented in life recently? What if the pressure is actually all about you being seasoned and dry enough to burn brighter with the fire of his presence? In other words, God's saying, Bruce, stop being a wet piece of wood. I want you to dry out. You could even take the analogy of going, squeezing out the crap out of my life, getting rid of the things I don't need to be worried about. If I'm carrying a whole bunch of burdens, what about the scripture that says to lay down your life daily and pick up your cross daily and follow me? He's talking about being seasoned. He's talking about being a dry, ready to burn, ready to burn hot Christ follower, not a wet piece of wood that everybody gets sick and tired of throwing on the fire and going out and you pull it out and think, oh, we'll keep that for another. I've got some pieces of wood that I've chucked up the backyard for about five years to dry out. And the weird thing is it does dry out even in the rain eventually because you're trying to get the oils in the wood. Anyway, well, anyway it's all good. So maybe God... Through your last pressure point, financial, relational, just being jaded, ticked off with life, who knows what, what you've been carrying. But what if, whatever that pressure is, no matter how big or small, what if it's about God seasoning you for greater things? That's my first point this morning. Already mentioned you need a spark or a match or existing heat source to get it started. You need to be around, if you're actually not on fire this morning, if you're filled with the Spirit, but you're not on fire, you know, a piece of wood that's dry, seasoned, and ready to burn 
needs to actually be put into the presence of the fire in order to burn. Otherwise, it just sits in the wood pile. Really nice piece of wood. Just sitting there, just waiting for the day it gets added to the fire. We come to church. On, I come to church on Sunday morning so that your fire can help my fire. I've noticed that pieces of wood burning by themselves don't last long. You want a fire to go out, just pull a log out and let it burn by itself. It just kind of... And then you end up with this kind of half-baked, half-burned bit of charcoal-y looking eucalyptus or whatever you've been burning. If I want that bit of wood to actually burn, I've got to put it next to at least one other piece. The more the merrier. Sometimes I get my firebox going so hot that it's dangerous and you just keep putting bits of wood in there. Is your connect group dangerous? Is your family, home life, dangerous in the sense of on fire? Because when someone walks through the front door, the rest of us might have got a bit of dim during the day and one of our family members who's a bit of a firebrand steps through the threshold of the door. Next thing, the fire's raging again. I can go out there and find a little bunch of embers in the bottom of the firebox the next morning and select the right size pieces of wood to throw in there, dry, and within moments, boom, we have a fire again. Like, if you're despairing this morning, there's something's complicated in your life, it's possible to hang around somebody who's on fire with God and actually get back on board the fire and find his presence, find his incredible warmth, the, the glow of being in his presence back sparkling again. I've also noticed, my third point, you ignite small stuff first and it has to be dry. You notice in verse 15, they brought sick people. Like people of, well, you just call them in this day and age, people with disadvantage. Disadvantaged people. It's like, and not, not the only ones, but it's like, don't, don't try to, to win over the people who think they're smart. You want to find somebody who's actually humble. Somebody who's a little, a little inclined to looking for answers. It's like, there's it, a bit of a heads up about how to get a fire going. Start with people who want to actually start. Don't try and put a three inch thick log of seasoned timber under a match. It just, it doesn't work. You've got to have some kindling, some just, you know, people want to pray, maybe in your connect group or maybe again here at church or in youth or in the children's department. You want to pray for somebody, um, start small. Pray for somebody who's got a sore, a toothache. Nothing wrong with praying about a toothache. Um, but if you want to escalate the prayer thing, be aware that you need to have the fire. You need the fire in you. Uh, according to his will and purpose. And again, I don't want it to get the analogy to get all, all, all sort of out of whack here, but I've just noticed this. You actually, I need kindling. So I buy little bags of kindling, and oh, I love lighting them because they burn so quickly. They burn really easily. I've got some other big pieces of wood. They are challenging. Look around here. Yeah, some of us are a bit challenging to get on fire because we're still wet. Some of us are carrying so much extra weight. You know, this time of the year, for just I digress, I went and bought a trailer load, half a tonne of um, dolomite rubble from the landscaping place a week or two back. Stupid me, went the day after it rained all night. Because you're buying probably a quarter of a tonne of water. 
It must be the most incredibly lucrative business model you could get. Just pull your products out in the rain and sell them during winter and you're making a, f a fistful of money for selling water back to a mug like me. Anyway, I digress. You, if you've got wet wood, put it somewhere where it can dry. You know what I do? I, I pull some of my wet pieces of wood down from the wood pile and line them up in front of the firebox to dry them out. Maybe you've got people in your friendship circle that need to be sort of laid out in front of you, so to speak. I don't mean lay them out with a punch, but <laughs> hang around them. If you're on fire for God and they've been a wet blanket, just hang around them some more, hoping that the warmth of his presence in your life can begin to dry them out so they too can carry his presence. They too can catch on fire and burn. Unlike my wood that burns down to nothing, we're talking about a fire that is sustained by the oil of heaven, sustained by the presence of God. This, this fire analogy runs to ground here because it's actually, it's actually consuming the wood that burns. But the analogy of how that process happens, I think is helpful for us. Listen to this, we'll read on down verse 17 to 21 in chapter five. We'll come to a close in a moment. The high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They were so filthy with these apostles because people were literally like running to them. They were running and finding them. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. Wow. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they'd been told, and began to teach the people. When there's fire in our lives there's the possibility of miraculous interventions. I mean, they're always there regardless because God can do whatever God likes when, whenever God likes. But I, I love the fact that these guys, these apostles, they are really just, they're another zone. They're another place with God. And I don't know about you, but I, I go, why can't we go there? What, why, what's holding us back? What's actually not in place? And, I want to continue my just analogy of the fire um, starts to consume all that is placed in it that is combustible. I love the fact that with the gospel in these stories, it's, it is spreading out into the world. But it's spreading out because it's getting hotter and hotter. There's more people carrying the fire. As, as a fire gets hotter and when a fire is really hot, you can even throw in the odd piece of wet wood and it succumbs. So a church like ours that's on fire for God, the presence of God burning in each one of us, somebody who's maybe a long way from God can walk in the door and find themselves actually being drawn very close to God way more quickly than if we were just all... Oh, it's great to be at church this morning. How are you doing there, buddy? Great. Had a good week? Yeah. Well, the weather's pretty dodgy, isn't it? Yes, it's like, it's like, what about if we walk in the door and say, oh, John Tomer, it's so good to see you. This guy was off, been away for a couple of weeks the other day and he walked into the six o'clock prayer meeting and it was like my day lit up because John Tomer walked in the door. It's like, John, it's so good to see you. 
don't know about you, but I was excited to see him. I hope I made his day by acknowledging and recognising my friendship with him and making you a coffee at six o'clock in the morning. It's like, but that's, I was like, that's how we do it. It's not hard. Once the fire's going, it's actually not hard to keep it going, right? It's just getting it started. So I want to finish with that thought this morning. I want to challenge you to think about the, in the scheme of, if we're talking about fire starters, burning kindling, seasoned timber, wet wood, raging fire, mm, a few embers. Where are you personally this morning? Why don't we stand to our feet? My um, slow combustion heater outside is made of steel and I've noticed it doesn't burn. It's made to contain the fire. It's actually made to carry the fire. It's made to radiate the heat from the fire. You and I are a bit like that firebox. We're not actually meant to burn up or burn out. We're meant to carry the presence of God. It's not about running yourself into the ground, burning yourself out. It's about getting the oil of heaven into your life and letting the fire of heaven burn on your life. This message has helped me to think about those two things as being different. I think it's possible to carry the anointing, the presence of God, like oil in a jar. Because that's what we do when we're a Christ follower. We are filled with the oil of heaven. And some of us don't actually take the next steps or continue to make the steps of ensuring that the oil is actually burning in our life. Where there's actually now not just oil, but oil that's on fire, that actually brings light to people, brings warmth to people, a warm embrace, a warmth, a warm smile, a warmth of friendship, a warmth of you matter to me. That, that, that's, that's the fire. You, you can have, I think, the, the anointing in a sense, a bit hard to separate them, but anyway, I, I just feel like for me this week it's been a bit of a revelation. I want to make sure that the oil that's in me is actually on fire so that other people can catch the fire. Other people can get switched on with God. And you do need to keep um, adding fuel. My last point was it actually does take time to get an established, really hot, decent bed of coals in a fire that's going to last the night or longer. So don't be in a rush. Don't be expecting that I'm just going to be on fire just because I've said so this morning. Maybe there's a journey ahead, finding logs that are on fire already, people that you're relating to who are Christ followers who are on fire. Hang around them and be mindful of, why am I doing that? Well, I like them to start with because they're friends. That's a good place to start. But let's, let's have a talk together about, well, let's get on a journey to see how hot we can make this. Let's see if we can get it hot enough that anybody that's silly enough to come along and join us in our friendship group, dinner party, friends over for a barbecue, they rock up and all of a sudden, what have you guys been doing? Oh, just hanging out together. But we're on a mission to be on fire for God, right? So I want you to just uh, invite you to close your eyes for a minute and think about your fire. Heavenly Father, 
the analogy and the use of the word fire and the picture that it paints for us is throughout the Bible, indicative of your presence. Lord, there's lots of stories about oil and burning the oil and burning the incense and sacrifice in the Old Testament. The order of heaven in the New Testament, there's oil. Father, I pray right now for every one of us, we'd have a fresh sense of revelation about where we're at in the scheme of being on fire for you. Lord, if we've grown dim, if we've pulled back from relationship for one reason or another, fellowship for one reason or another, and we do know in our heart of hearts, we've just gone a little bit cold, we'd understand that one of the steps we can take is to get back into proximity with people who are actually on fire. And we pray, Lord, in the name of Jesus, that the fire starters in our midst would actually be ignited this morning, Lord, and that there'd be an incredible revival and renewal of the Spirit in our church. Lord, I pray that the spiritual gifts mentioned in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 would be unlocked in our church at a whole new level. Father, that the fire of heaven would burn and we'd speak in strange tongues. We'd have people prophesying. Lord, we'd see miracles, words of faith. Lord, words of knowledge. God, that we'd find the manifestations of your power going to another level. We cry out to you, Jesus. Send the Spirit. Lord, send the fire of heaven upon every one of us. Lord, let tongues of fire rest on us. Let us walk out of here ready, Lord, to spread the good news in Jesus' wonderful name. I pray for every one of us this morning, Lord, we get caught up in your amazing purpose. In Jesus' wonderful, wonderful name. I want to say to you that right now in this meeting, I'm believing without calling anybody to the front for prayer. If you've got a physical need for healing in your body this morning, I just want you in the next 30 seconds to close your eyes and say, Lord, I receive that right now. Father, anointing, for healing. Thank you, Lord. Right where we stand in this place, surrounded by people who are hot on fire for you, let the anointing for healing just move through the auditorium in Jesus' name. close with this thought if you're not a Christ follower if you're not on fire you were made to be a Christ follower and on fire that's what you're made for made to be a worshipper of God every human being on the planet was created as a worshipper standing in the presence of God in a meeting like this or listening online is the way God's determined for the spark to actually be applied to your life so that you can catch on fire for him. And so an altar call, which is what this is, this is a moment for you to decide, I want that spark to touch my life. I want to actually be on fire for God. There's an amazing thing that just happens as we come to God like that. His oil gets put in us, his fire gets put on us, we become a brand new carrier of His presence, a child of God. If you've never prayed a prayer, never had the conversation with God, put your spark on my life today, Lord. We'd love to pray a prayer with you like that. And we can invite Christ through prayer to come in and set your world on course to be an incredible influence for His kingdom.
thank you, Jesus. If that's you this morning in the auditorium, I'd love you to slip your hand up and say, Pastor Bruce, that's where I'm at. I need to do that right now. And you'll know because there'll be just this sense of His presence, this warmth of God's presence surround you and just it kind of can surprise you. And you might be surprised that inside you're going, yeah, that's me. And if it is you, you need to slip your hand up and go, that's me, Bruce. But if you're listening online, wherever you might be, and you have had that effect on you today, or whenever you listen to this, please clip on the link on our website to let us know that you want to give your heart to Jesus. There's a prayer that you can read out that's on our webpage that if you pray that prayer and mean it, we'd love to hear from you so we can help you to continue to walk with Him. Thank you, Jesus. So Lord, I pray your blessing then over every one of us as we remain standing to sing in a moment, Lord. I pray that you'd send us out into the world confident that we're burning with your presence and we will see lives changed around us at a whole new level. In your name, amen. Come and give the Lord a clap offering this morning. Thank you, Lord.